Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle. On this show, I interview Dr. Fred Haney, the award-winning author of My Doggy Says, with a live audience. We had a great time talking about tips on how our dogs actually speak to us, what clues to look for, and what those clues might mean. That's what... Uh, Dr. Fred Haney calls dog action messages. We also found out how to ask our animals for feedback or concerns. We talked about dog training and dog games that you may not have thought of before and other ways that you can become a better dog listener. We found out about his wonderful dogs, Jamie and Callie, and about how he came to write his award-winning book, My Doggy Says, and much, much more. The interview was an hour long, so we split the recording into two parts. This is part one. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad you made time to join us. My special guest today is Dr. Fred Haney. He is the award-winning author of a heartwarming book, I just love it, called My Doggy Says. And, you know, although our approach to a talking with dogs is a little different, what we discovered is that we both share a really deep love for dogs and an appreciation of them and the many ways that they touch our hearts and improve the quality of our lives. And I know all of you listening today feels the same way. Our dogs make us laugh. They make us cry. They make us think. uh, They show us unconditional love. They inspire us, and they challenge us occasionally. And in all of that, they help us become better humans. So I want to open our discussion and interview today with a wonderful quote that I actually got from Fred (laughs) Uh, in a roundabout way, I guess. Um, But the quote is this. He is your friend, your partner, your defender, your dog. You are his life, his love, his leader. He will be yours, faithful and true to the last beat of his heart. You owe it to him to be worthy of such devotion. That is an anonymous quote from 51 Puppy Tricks by Kira Sundance. Before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit more about Fred so you know a bit more about who we're talking to today. Dr. Fred Haney has led many companies as a director. He's helped countless entrepreneurs grow their businesses through his angel financing groups, and he's now directing his vast passion and his intellect into the dog community, uh, which, you know, dogs have been a love for, dogs have been a love of his for many years. He also writes the popular My Doggy Says blog, which offers fun insights into dog talk, dog relationships and the warmth of inte- and intelligence of man's best friend. He hosts the My Doggy Says radio talk show on KFNX 1100 out of Phoenix, Arizona, which is actually how we met because he interviewed me a couple of weeks ago on his radio show. Um, his show also addresses dog talk and dog relationships, and we'll learn more about that in a bit. Uh, you can visit his website if you uh, would like at www.mydoggysays.com. And today we're here uh, to talk about how our dogs actually speak to us, what clues to look for and what those clues might mean. We want to find out how to ask our animals for feedback or concerns. I'm very interested in some effective dog training tips. Since I have a puppy named Einstein, um, I'm very engaged in dog training. Um, And I also, one of my near and dear things that I love more than anything, and I think our dogs do too, and that's dog games. So I want to hear about some new games that I haven't thought of before, and maybe y'all haven't either. So, you know, the bottom line is is that what we want to do is inspire you to do more with your dog, to pay more attention to them, and to learn from them. So welcome, Fred. Thank you so much for being on the call with me today. Thanks, Val. It's fun to be here. I sure enjoyed the interview we had on my talk show. Thanks for doing that. 
Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's interesting. We have a slightly different approach um, to dog talk, and I love what you're doing, and you know, looking at the body language and the behavior, and you know, kind of uh, um, letting the 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 information come to you in the ways that it does, and the wonderful book with Jamie and the action messages. So, how about to get started? And I love this book. Thank you. I know others may not have seen it yet. Um, can you tell us how you came to write it and why? Yeah, it, tell it, us was, about a, it? it was a, uh, a fun path. I, uh, my son does a lot of uh, outdoor photography, and I went on a photo shoot with him in Yellowstone Park, mm-hmm. and we had a, a guide with us. And uh, the, the guide was just terrific at observing uh, the body language of the animals we were uh, shooting, I mean, photo shooting. Uh, we spent one whole afternoon uh, taking photographs of one coyote, mm. and we were able to do that because he was able to read the coyote's body language pretty well, and we kind of mm. stalked the coyote, and he could figure out the coyote was trying to go this way and double back and lose us, and he kind of knew all the tricks. Uh, so finally the coyote got comfortable having us around and started to hunt. We got a lot of just wonderful pictures of this coyote uh, jumping up in the air and pouncing down on uh, little voles. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I got back from that trip, uh, I, I, all of a sudden I was a little more aware of Jamie, my golden retriever's body language, and I uh, kind of uh, vowed to pay more attention to that and see what I could learn from it. And every time she did something that seemed a little uh, different, uh, out of sorts, I wasn't quite sure why she did it, I would stop and try and figure out, well, what's she trying to tell me? Is there a <laughs> message here? Uh, and so often there was a message. Uh, I just had to kind of stop and figure it out. Uh, and one of the things that kind of triggered all that for me was uh, one night, in the m- middle of the night, um, I, I woke up. I wasn't sure why I woke up, but I heard uh, a, a little Jamie sort of heavy breathing uh, mm. beside me. Uh, <laughs> She was sitting on the floor, and her face was, I was on the bed, her face was kind of next to mine, and uh, I couldn't quite imagine what she was doing. It it wasn't her way of asking to go out uh, outside, and it wasn't her way of saying, I I need to chase the neighbor's cats out of the yard. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of a sudden, she made uh, a a little noise that I've always called a a woof, and that's spelled W-U-U-F. (laughs) <laughs> it's a very soft uh, uh, little uh, woofing sound, kind of mm-hmm. not, not not a growl and not a snort, but mm-hmm. a woof. Mm-hmm. And I I said, what is she trying to tell me? Uh, and I thought about it. I said, well, maybe she wants me to lift her up on the bed. She, mm-hmm. uh, our bed was pretty high, and she'd had some surgery several months earlier, so she ah. couldn't jump up like she used to. Okay. So I got out of bed and lifted her up on the bed, and that's exactly what she wanted. She was just happy as could be. So uh-huh. after that, I tried to just pay attention to all the quirky little things that a dog does. Uh, <laughs> why is she pulling in this direction? Why is she going that way instead of this way? Uh, why is she looking in that direction? Uh, why does she want to go to the right instead of to the left? And so many times, you know, why did she stop? Uh, Jamie would just stop right in the middle of our morning walk sometimes. And I learned that there was almost always a a message. It was either 
I see a pine cone. Could I please pick it up and carry it home? After all, I'm a golden retriever. <laughs> or it was, I, I've got some pine needles stuck in my tail feathers. Would you please clear mm -hmm. them out for me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I got uh, sort of intrigued by that communication and started taking photographs, and the photographs turned into stories, and the oh. photographs and the stories turned into the book. Wow. I love that. I, you know, your your story about the stop, about walking, you know, being on a walk and her stopping, I can so relate. You know, when Einstein and I are out, part of my challenge, of course, with the puppy is that he is so easily distractible. It's like everything is an action message. <laughs> like, what was that? Oh, did you smell that? Oh, my God, look at that leaf. It just blew. <laughs> you know, so there's a, a bit of a challenge between, okay, getting the message and being completely absorbed you know, into into what what he's doing. You know, and then the need to train. You know, to how to walk okay. properly and not race around and jerk me or pull Ruth? me and all that stuff. So I'm going to invite y'all to do star six, whoever's talking, so we can uh, keep the lines clear. And I think Fred, I'm going to go ahead and put us on mute too, so that'll help. Hold on. Okay. So. Um, Thank you. Thanks for Terrence, uh, telling us about that. Um, if anybody wants to find or look at uh, the the book itself, how would people go about doing that? Well, it's on uh, Amazon and it's in uh, bookstores everywhere. It's also okay. on uh, says dot com website www.mydoggysays.com. dot com. Great. Uh, so it's uh, it's not hard to find. Thank you. Okay. Good. So. Um, my next question for you is, what do you think the most interesting thing Jamie uh, taught you? What, what do you think is the most important life lesson or what, what changed for you when you started listening to her and, and observing her action messages? Well, I think there was a realization for me that uh, she had been sending me a lot of messages and I wasn't getting them. And I think that happens with a lot of people. I mean, I yeah. think a lot of dogs are are uh, are trying to tell us something, and we're not hearing it. Right. And I, I uh, uh, just got real dedicated to the notion of trying to pay attention to those messages and trying to uh, do something about it. And and uh, it's part of uh, building a really strong relationship with a pet because it's yep. just good communication. All of a sudden, your dog uh, realizes that you're paying attention, you're trying to uh, deal with it on its level, mm -hmm. uh, and it makes a huge difference. There is a little bit of a balancing act, I suppose, between uh, uh, you know letting the, the dog communicate and letting the dog... Uh, I, I like to let my dogs uh, sort of decide what we're going to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I know you you don't want to get too carried away with that, but I really like that kind of relationship building because it builds the dog's confidence and get, yes. makes it feel a part of the relationship. You were talking, Val, about uh, going on your walk with Einstein and how it gets distracted. Mm -hmm. One of the real fun uh, uh, messages that one of my radio talk show guests sent was, was uh, Ted Carasotti. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's the uh, author of Merle's Door. And uh, he has a, a really cute way of uh, thinking about taking a dog on its morning walk. He says, I take 10 minutes every morning to read the newspaper. Uh, so he says, why shouldn't Merle have 
10 minutes to read the newspaper. And, and Merle's <laughs> way of reading the newspaper, of course, is to just sniff everything in sight. That's right. Uh, so he says most people, when they take their dog for a walk, as soon as it starts to turn around and sniff in different directions, they, they yank on the leash and pull it right, right. back. Right. He says, why not let it sniff? You know, that's its way of figuring out uh, who's been by here, you know, what other dogs, what people. Um, the the those smells are uh, really a dog's uh, way of being in touch with its world. Uh, so uh, I, I know you, when when you're on your morning walk, you got to get somewhere and you got to get back. So <laughs> and the dog would probably spend the next three days just sniffing if you Absolutely. let it. Absolutely. So, so yep. you can't just turn it loose. Uh, but I like that idea. And with with yeah. Callie, uh, I, I try and give her um, five minutes here, ten minutes there. Sometimes I'll open the uh, back door to see if she wants to go outside, and she'll just stand there for five minutes, sniff, 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 <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You know, are there mm-hmm. some construction work uh, three doors down the street? Mm-hmm. Uh, m- maybe uh, somebody's got a fire burning. Let's let, let smell the smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, may- maybe, uh, uh, you know, it's a fresh spring day, and there's flowers, uh, smell of flowers and grass growing and stuff like that. Uh, and she... Uh, uh, and it's interesting to watch how a dog sniffs. You, you learn from that. So a long answer to your question, but I, I think it just sort of opened my eyes uh, to uh, how a dog uh, thinks about things. And, right. and I've tried to put myself into uh, more of a relationship, uh, first with Jamie and now with uh, Callie, my three-year-old golden retriever. Right. You've got a new, a new puppy. She's great. I, I'm, I'm not sure she's ever going to be anything but a puppy, but <laughs> she, she's uh, uh, just full, full of energy. And uh, you, you know from our conversation that one of my uh, favorite things with Callie is that uh, when she first arrived at my house at age eight weeks old, uh, she saw an old soccer ball in the backyard, and she ran over to it and literally asked me to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And I I, I uh, responded right away. I kicked the ball, and she trapped it under her tummy. I mean, <laughs> the ball was almost as big as Callie was at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But uh, she invites me to go out and play soccer every day, and I uh-huh. just feel terrible if I can't accept the invitation. So I, I mean, yeah. she really puts a guilt trip on me. So I, <laughs> I, I try very hard to uh, accept that invitation every day. And now I can kick the ball up the air, and uh, she does what I call a noser. If mm-hmm. if it was a, a a person playing soccer, you'd call it a header. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they knock the ball off their forehead, but mm-hmm. the golden retriever's nose gets in the way, uh, <laughs> and uh, she's gotten really good at at uh, using her nose to uh, bonk a soccer ball, uh, uh, oh, 30 or 40 feet. I love uh, that. Sometimes it's just like a rifle shot. It's just uh, uh-huh. bang. Wow. <laughs> And she loves it, and I love it, and it's an important part of our relationship. I'm yeah. not a dog trainer, okay. Uh, per se. I've had help from trainers a couple times, but I have a feeling that um, if you create a really nice uh, relationship with your dog uh, this way, that some of the uh, training problems kind of go away. I mean, yeah. It's not going to make your dog sit and stay and come, uh, <laughs> no. but, but uh, it, it might help calm it down and and uh, uh, eat only half the sofa instead of all of the sofa, or, or uh, uh, maybe not eat all of your uh, right. drugs. You know? Right, right, like give you one of the pillows while they eat the other one. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, I I have the same approach. Um, I'm not really a dog trainer either, although, you know, anyone that owns dogs, I mean, it, it's critical for us to learn how to relate to them. And if you start... 
if you start with a good, balanced relationship, you know, when you pay attention and you listen to them and you learn from them and you, you know, you invite their input, you know, you get their feedback or their concerns and, you know, when you, and you're really paying attention, um, then that does. It builds a really wonderful relationship and it, it helps that magical bond, you know, between us. Um, yeah, I understand that. Uh, you know, we had talked about um, some dog training tips. Speaking of dog training, do you know any that you could offer? Well, um, that you've learned. One of the things I've learned is that uh, if if my dog's doing something wrong, um, the first question I ought to ask is, "What am I doing wrong?" Yeah. Uh, and uh, and often there's a good answer to that. I mean, yep. the the most obvious one is if my dog's chewing up my Persian rug, I'm probably not running it enough or giving it enough exercise in the morning. That's right. Or, a lot of dogs have a real high energy level, and and you have to uh, kind of burn that down. Um, and uh, I, I had a, a cute little uh, uh, incident this morning. I was doing a little golf practice across the street, and uh, there was a woman there that I hadn't. Uh, seen on the golf course before, uh, and it turned out to be uh, my friend Pat Carlson, who was on the talk show uh, last year. She runs the pet assisted therapy program oh. at uh, Torrance Memorial Hospital, so okay. she, she really knows dogs. And we we had only seen each other face to face one time, a long time ago. Well, Callie, in her exuberance, went over and wanted to jump up on Pat, mm-hmm. and you know my but my reaction to things like that has become. Um, well, what am I doing wrong here? You know that that Callie's still doing that, and I uh, sort of determined that one thing I need to do is uh, w- when we do see people, she's very friendly. She loves people. She loves other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she she's exuberant, and and I'm sure there are, are uh, you know more intelligent sort of training solutions to this problem. Uh, mm-hmm. But what uh, I d- d- dedicated myself to do was to. Uh, work harder at getting her to sit in those situations and reward her for uh, uh, a good sit uh, when other people are around um, mm-hmm. so that I hopefully don't get in so many situations where I have to correct her behavior. I don't like to correct her behavior, but I, I will yeah. if I have to. Right. It, it, there needs to be a correction, but often a correction could be a redirection. Or, in, in like you're saying, it's paying attention, identifying some, some maybe an area of weakness of, or misunderstanding, right, where she just doesn't quite know what she's supposed to be doing or forgets or, you know, we, she hasn't really learned, you know, the the the, the good rules for good behavior, you know. Uh, yeah, I think the idea behavior. of uh, positive reinforcement of the behavior that you want is really important. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and it, it's also an important part of this relationship building. Yes. So it's just really good communication. Yes. So uh, I don't know if that's a good answer to your question. I don't really think of myself as a dog trainer. And I've actually mm-hmm. uh, uh, hired trainers a, a, a time or two to help solve some problems. But okay. uh, I, I do think that um, you know, if you go through the uh, obedience training that a dog ought to go through anyway, and uh, we, we always take our dogs to a couple of those kind of classes, uh, mm-hmm. and then I really try to focus on uh, reinforcing uh, the behavior I like. Like when we're out running, it's real easy to just uh, um, run along and and not think too much about 
what kind of training we ought to be doing. And I, mm -hmm. I got into this last week. We were babysitting our daughter's golden retriever, who's only a year old, and she's uh, r really pretty frisky. Mm -hmm. uh, so it would be easy to spend the whole time uh, yanking on the leash and yelling heel. <laughs> uh, and uh, yep. so, so uh, what I try to do instead is uh, gently pull her into a good heel position and then reinforce that uh, real strong and just keep doing that so that I, I, my message, that what she's hearing from me is a positive message right. instead of a correction. Right. So in effect, you're giving her an, an action message, you know, from your perspective. <laughs> this, is, this is the right thing to be doing. You know, yes. It's this, just what this, we want, and we get rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. And, and right. dogs... They want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems like they just are very happy to uh, yeah, do the but, right thing. So they're, as long as right. they know the correct behavior, uh, they're happy to do it. Well, and that's a critical point. Do they know what the right thing is? You know, and often they we're so confusing to them. You know, our, our training approach is so poorly timed or we didn't think it through or we're not considering their viewpoint or their their feedback or their concern, right, then they don't really know. They honestly do not know what the right thing is to do. Um, and that's, again, it goes back to, like you said, it's what are we doing wrong? I'm, I'm doing something wrong. If it's not clear to them, then the onus is on us to clean it up, you know, to be clearer in our communication. Exactly. And focus yeah, mm -hmm. I, I remember with Einstein, just want to share this, this is kind of interesting. Um, I noticed that the last time I had to give him a bath, we were on a walk, and he got into something horribly stinky, and he got it all over me. <laughs> it's like everywhere I touched him, there was more of this nastiness, you know, vile, nasty. Um, anyway, so when we got home, I said, all right, that's it, buddy. We're going to have to have a bath. And uh, usually he's okay in the bathtub, and uh, this time... He was not. He was panicked, screaming, you know, biting, squirming, whirling dervish, you know, anything to get out of it. And I, I uh, you know, I stayed with it, and I got him through the bath, and, and we only had two incidents where he leaped out of the tub covered in suds and went running everywhere. <laughs> but, but anyway, we, we survived the bath and uh, in, good, in good order, but it made me think, okay, now here's something that he's obviously very afraid of. Um, he's panicking, uh, that he's not comfortable with it. And so what I did was I considered it, I talked about it with him, um, and I decided that I'm not letting my dog live in fear of a bath. That is not acceptable to me. If, I, if, there's a, if your dog's having a fear of something, then we have to have a, a lot of attention to that and work toward building their confidence and helping them know what the right thing is to do, you know, so they don't have to be afraid anymore. Um, and so we did. We've been doing bathtub games, and um, he, I open the door to the bathroom now, and he races to the tub and jumps in on his own. And um, it just didn't take long for me to retrain that or reteach it in such a way that he gets it, you know, and he's okay with it now. So I think you're absolutely right that teaching them and showing them what to do as the right thing, noticing when they're having a fear or panic or, or uncertain or confused, and then uh, coming up with a plan to address it, to, you know, what are our action messages back? Well, yeah. that gradual process that you went through <clears throat> is key, too. You, you don't usually get a dog to change its behavior 
uh, instantly. It it uh, takes some in in that case some desensitizing, and and mm-hmm. you do have to r- really. Uh, sit down and come up with a strategy and try and be smart uh, yep. about uh, about how you do these things. Uh, yep. but, but what you did seems to me to be exactly right. I, I, th- I think an awful lot of the emphasis in dog training is on uh, commanding obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we talked, when you were on my talk show, we talked a little about uh, alpha. Uh, a lot of trainers uh, feel that you need to be all alpha all the time. Mm-hmm. I find that a little inconsistent with uh, what I call dog bonding, mm-hmm. Uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, trying to focus more on having a relationship with the dog, interacting with it, listening to it, understanding what it's trying to tell you, uh, yeah. responding to that. I mean, it's not—it's one thing to listen and understand the message. I mean, like the message might be, uh, "Hey, Fred, I got." Uh, some pine needles stuck in my tail feathers. Yes. Uh, but it's another thing for me to get down on my hands and knees and say, okay, where are they and let's, let's do something about it. Let's get yeah. uh, and yeah. I think that uh, uh, really adds a, a lot to the relationship. And uh, right. to me, it, it I, I don't know if uh, people would consider that to be part of training or not, but um, I, I think there's a, a nice balance that can be uh, uh, obtained there between, you know, insisting on obedience all the time and Mm-hmm. And, and trying to uh, understand what the dog is saying, and once in a while, let let the dog call the shots. I mean, if my dog yeah. wants to go right instead of left on our morning jog, what's the big deal? You know, exactly. Once once in a while, you uh, you, you can let it do that, and, and yes. sometimes it'll have a reason. I I, I did, wrote a little blog the other day. I took Callie out the front door, and uh, we usually go. Uh, out the front door and sort of down the left side of our driveway, and she started pulling toward the right side of the driveway. I said, mm-hmm. Okay, here's one of these moments. You know, mm-hmm. scratch your head, figure out why are we doing this. Uh, and then I noticed that the uh, morning newspaper was on the right side of the driveway instead of ah. the left side of the driveway. She was just taking me down to pick up the newspaper. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was okay. I should have known. You know, Cal- uh, yeah. Callie, there was, there was a, a method to her man. There's always a method. You know, they always do what makes sense to them from their viewpoint, you know, period. Yep. And our job is to figure out what the viewpoint is, uh, kind of make a judgment call as to when is it okay to run out in the street and when is it not okay, <laughs> you know. That's a hard um, one. I mean, that, that's yeah. when you do need the obedience. You that's right, and that's why we teach obedience, you know. That's why it's sure. so important. But, you know, I, I love that you're saying this and brought that up. I think one of the rules to live by we might could all agree on is that dog is our co-pilot. Yep. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're riding in the car, you don't particularly want your child to be behind the driver's seat, um, but you want to listen to them. You know, you want them to say, hey, it wouldn't it be fun if we went and did this, or, you know, God, I could really use an ice cream right now, or, you know, I mean, whatever. We, we want to be open to them and continue the dialogue, um, and ultimately we also, you know, in, in any good pack, you know, there there is a leader. Um, there are sub-leaders and advisors, you know, to the group, and then there are those that have other roles. They're all important roles, and sometimes the leaders actually change. The You know, sometimes the, the female of the group is now the leader, and sometimes it's the male, and sometimes it's depending on what's needed. So there is flexibility there. It doesn't have to be so dogmatic, pardon the, the pun. Oh, dogmatic. <laughs> you know, the uh, 
Association for Pet Dog Trainers uh, has a, a, a nice website, and th they have a pretty interesting uh, position statement up on their website about okay. dominance. Okay. Uh, that's kind of consistent with what we're saying. I don't have the URL right in front of me, but if our listeners Google uh, Association uh, of Pet Dog Trainers uh, and, I think, dominance, uh, there's a, a, a very thoughtful couple-page article that uh, talks about um, you know how important uh, dominance is, and they, and they play it down a little bit. They you know, mm -hmm. they, they say that uh, uh, they believe that relationship is important, and they're encouraging people to uh, find trainers uh, who share that belief. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, I think this is really important. I know a lot of my clients, you know, they get stuck with the training, or they neglect it, or they give too much affection without enough you know, training or games or, you know, telling them what to do, um, it, giving them the right, you know, right information. Um, <clears throat> so they get into trouble that way. But, I, I mean, this is the, the basics, you know, of, of how to create a good, healthy working relationship with your dog. Um, so so let me, I'm going to look at my questions again. Um, I, 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 this is what I came up with. Uh, I think it's uh, interesting. You've worked with other dogs, I'm sure. You've been around them. I want to know, the action messages that Jamie gave you, do you find that they translate to other dogs, other breeds, you know, other other types of dogs? So the same kind of wolf, um, other dogs also do the same sorts of things, and do they mean the same thing? Well, uh, I, I haven't had the same intimate relationship with other dogs that I did with Jamie. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I do see uh, other dogs and other breeds doing some of the same things. I, I have a feeling that uh, uh, golden retrievers uh, as, as a breed, uh, maybe they're not unique as a breed, but I think compared to some other breeds, they probably communicate a little more. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think Jamie was especially communicative, although Callie is about the same. I, uh, when uh, I lost Jamie, I didn't think I'd ever have another dog that yeah. uh, I, I could have that same kind of relationship. But Callie just stepped right uh, into it. Mm -hmm. and, and I probably just don't spend enough time with other dogs to see the same things happening. I, yeah. I do uh, uh, periodically, every, every couple of weeks, uh, babysit uh, my daughter's uh, year-old golden retriever, who, whose name is uh, Magnolia, Maggie. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I love it. And I do see the same things happening with Maggie. I, I, I uh, am trying to have the same kind of relationship with her. She's pretty hyper, so uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the message is usually throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. <laughs> and it's not real hard to figure that out. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> or simple. Or feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not sure I'm communicating on a real subtle level with, uh, uh -huh. with, with Maggie. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but there are signs of it, and, I, and I'm sure if, if I was around Ma Maggie all the time, uh, yeah. I, I, I would get into that. This is the end of part one. Please look for part two of our show where we continue the discussion and talked more about dog behavior, learning life lessons from dogs, how to understand doggy action messages, dog training, and more fun games to play with our dogs. So now look for part two. Thank you. <laughs>